Okay. You're, you're live. We're live. We're live. Hi, everybody. I'm Vicki Abelson, and this is The Road Taken. And with me is Donnie Most. Yay! Vicki. Although, although he's, a grown, he's a grown-up now, and, and he goes by Don. Don, yes. I have to be a, you know, a real grown-up, as so, he So, do you prefer when people call you Don? You know, um, I did that mainly for billing. You know, like um, when I left Happy Days, and it was like, okay... I want to be, you know, considered seriously. seriously and all this, because I'd been, you know, most of my early roles were dramatic roles, and then I got known for the, for the uh, comedic role, so it was hard for me then to go back to that because people assumed that I was just a comedian or whatever, but that was not who I was at all. I was not like that character, so um, I figured, okay, now that I'm 27 when the show when I left, I have to go for billing purposes is Don, so that they'll see me differently. But, you know, all my friends still call me Donnie, and, and I'm, I'm cool with that. And, and the thing is, though, that when you see people out in the world, I'm assuming everybody calls you Donnie. Um, you know, I get both. Do I, you? Yeah, I really do, because uh, I've, I've done so many things where my billing was Don, right. that they, they, they feel, okay, that's how we need to call them. <laughs> did, now, did it ever hurt you? We're going to do something fun at the top here, but did it ever hurt you to be Don and people go, oh, who's Don most? Well, yeah, it probably did. There were probably times where it might have hurt, but, you know, I, I, I needed to do that. Yes. And, and uh, now that I'm older, I don't mind being called Donnie, which is like a younger thing. <laughs> um, I love it. Okay, so so we have a little treat for you. I'm, I'm making sure that we're actually really on the air because, you know, I never know. So, um, so, so... Donnie's a singer. He's a singer and a swinger in the, in the good way. Never treats me sweet and gentle the way she should. I've got it bad and that ain't good. My poor heart Sentimental, not made of wood. I've got it bad, and that ain't good. And when the weekend's over and Monday rolls around, I end up like I start out. Just crying my heart out Doesn't love me like I love her Nobody could I've got it bad and that ain't good They think we're gonna go out about that Like a lonely uh, Okay, I could listen to that all night. I mean, you are amazing, and, oh, and I love you. this side to you. Um, it, it's so close to my heart. My father was a jazz singer. Was a yeah in the Casco Mountains. Oh, he was the in the Casco Mountains. Yeah. Right? We talked about yeah. this. So, where, where I sang in the Casco Mountains when I was 15, 15 years old, I sang at uh, every one of those hotels. Every one in the Catskills except the Concord, but we see Tamarack, the, yeah. the Granite, the Neville, Grossinger's. My father probably introduced you. He probably um, did. <laughs> and um, and for those of you that don't know this side of, I'm going to call him Don Most for this because 
Although um, here, it's it, Demos. It's de so now we can go with Demos. <laughs> it's Demos, mostly swinging. Mostly swinging. Right. And it's available on Amazon and on iTunes. And he's amazing. Uh -oh. I mean, you. I love what you do. I, oh, I love you. I love the way you sing. Oh, thank you. And yeah, people, you know, don't know. Well, some people are learning about this because I've been playing clubs, you know, in L.A. and New York and doing shows and trying to get the word out. And I just did a big show in Orlando um, where we shot it kind of like a TV show with all the nice. cameras. And so I'm hope we're hoping that we'll, we'll get it on, you know, some, whether PBS or something like that. And that would be put a DVD me. out. It was with a great um, big band, 17-piece orchestra, the nice. uh, Orlando Jazz Orchestra. Oh, I was, I was in heaven. I love that. That is so, it, yeah. I would imagine that has a lot to do with the whole experience is the band that's playing, the orchestra that's yeah. playing behind you, right? If you're playing with four pieces as opposed to... Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, they each have their own attribute, attributes. Yeah. Um, I just love the big band. I love it. And, and that's what's on this. This is, a, this is an Demost. amazing... And it's mostly swing with a band that swings. It's some of the top... L.A. studio jazz guys in town, and yet they're phenomenal. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, if you are in L.A., you're going to have an opportunity to see... See, now I don't... Demos, Don, 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 <laughs> To no. see this guy. <laughs> I'll get you as schizophrenic as I am. Oh, my <laughs> God. So, so Don's going to be performing at the Catalina Club. The Catalina Jazz Club on, on J July 29th is part of a... Uh, a, a big uh, event for the We Spark Foundation, which is a phenomenal organization, which helps people who have cancer and the people their support. And it, there are so many services. Yes, and I know people group. that have used them and have gotten through their illness through them. And the wonderful, incredible, lovely Nancy Allen um, is uh, yeah. a, like champions the ship, and she's amazing. She is amazing. I worked with her years ago on a film, uh, and she came yeah. and I did a show, my own show at Catalina's about. Oh, I don't know, a month ago. Yeah. And Nancy came to the show, so oh. it was, I was so happy. So um, I'll be seeing her again at this event, and she, yeah, she's terrific. She's a phenomenal person, and she's devoted. She like gave up her career as a performer to do We Spark. She's that's like her full time gig. And not only is it a full time gig, she works like around the clock. She's great. She does so much for for the organization. Yeah. So, so what what did you do with Nancy? I didn't know that you guys had yeah, worked together. Yeah, it was a film. Oh, I'm trying to remember the name because they changed the title. All right, let me find oh, Acting on Impulse. Okay. I, th I think it's uh -huh. called Acting on Impulse. Um, and it was with um, C. Thomas Howell and Linda Fiorentino, I oh, think, wow. and, and Nancy. I'm pretty sure. Was it, like a, was it a thriller? Because yeah, it was kind I was going like to say, because like Nancy was all about the thrillers. It was a, it was a thriller. Wow. Yeah. Were you a good guy or a bad guy? I was somebody that you couldn't quite tell. Whether, uh, you know, was I a kind of a normal, regular guy, or was there something underhanded going on? It was always <laughs> one, of, one of those things. So I, so I want to get back to what you, what you talked about at the top of the show, where you were saying that you started out in dramatic roles, which blows me away, because of course my association to you, as with everybody out there, my initial is happy days. But so, so had, okay, so let's go back even further, and you're a little kid, you grow up in New York, where in New York? Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, in okay. Flatbush. In Flatbush, right. and you spent the summers at Shrove Oak with my old boyfriend <laughs> Ira Lackow. Yes. <laughs> How bizarre is Which that? Which is when I was when I was seventeen, and Ira was my boyfriend. He would say, you know, 
that was like Happy Days days, like just about, uh, right? Well, how well, when did Happy I, Days come around? I was twenty. It was, it was nineteen seventy-four when it came. So around. Ira was also because he was a little older than. Yeah, me. so he was about my age. Right. Like he was probably about twenty. So you had just. But you were seventeen. Well, okay. So actually, when I started seeing Ira, I was seventeen. But I was with Ira until I was uh, almost twenty. So he was yeah. twenty-two. So yeah. you were already a star, and he would say to me, you know. Donnie and I were like really good friends. We were. We, we were up in Trumbo we, together. I was like, this was, this was upstate New York uh, where we went to a camp together called Camp Florida. And it, was, it had a major impact on us. And, and, and so he would talk about it all the time. And I believed him. But, you know, I don't know how much I believe it. I mean, I believed him. I never lied. Yeah. But, 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 you know, when he would say you were really close. And I was like, yeah. you know, how much of that is an exaggeration right. with him when I met Donnie and I and we told were, her about we it. We were like best friends. But at yeah, that you year, you that like summer. even made more of it than he did. I was like, wow, this is like yeah. So then I connect them and they go meet in LA. Ira doesn't tell me. Never says a word to me. I I don't know. Anything. He didn't tell you he was in town. He didn't even tell me he was in town. Uh, yeah, we Ira. met. We met in Malibu. We had a beautiful, great lunch together. It's fabulous. Yeah. But I've I've actually seen Ira all through the years. My kids know his kids and his wife. It's lovely, and we've gone to ball games together because. Our other friend, did you know Howie Kinsler? From, no. He was from the Bronx, yeah. Ira's best friend. And Howie's son is, um, oh my God, like Ian Kinsler, who's uh, like a great oh. ball player. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's oh, like, yeah. he like made the, the yeah, he, big, yeah, he was a he big, made yeah, the show. I can't remember which team. Well, he yeah. was on the Texas Angels, but now he's Texas in Cal Rangers? Texas Rangers, I mean, and now, but now he's an angel. Oh, he's on yeah. the, okay. Yeah, so he's here. Oh, cool. So, yeah, um, yeah, no, he was, yeah, he's a big time player. So, and from the Bronx and Brooklyn, a lot of players came from those. Oh, yeah. Did you play ball when you were a yeah. kid? Yeah, yeah, Ira and I, that was, you know, one of our big bonding things was we played a lot of baseball together, softball. I played a lot as a, as a you know, teen and younger than that and through, uh, that's what I wanted to be was a baseball player. Dick's my son too, and yeah. Ira too, I, th I think all. Yeah. That's the fantasy. I, you know, growing up in New York, and my, Mickey Mantle was my hero, mm -hmm. and so baseball. I was fanatic about that. Um, but I guess I realized that you know, some my deeper consciousness said, you know, you're probably not going to have a career in this, <laughs> and, and something else pushed me in a different direction. <laughs> so, so what? Okay, so how did the spark start? For, for showbiz, like, did you do school plays when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did, and, and camp, not even the camp before Florida. And when I was younger, I did plays. But what really was the oh, initial? Oh, I know what you're gonna say now. What? Charlie Lowe, right? Oh yeah, but 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 before Charlie oh, Lowe, before okay. Charlie Lowe, I saw a movie when I was nine years old, a million dollar movie, which they would show in. Did New you York. know million dollar movie, Louise? No, I, I grew up in Buffalo. Oh. I think we it had was different TV stations. You didn't yeah. have WOR? Yeah, that was WOR. No. They had million dollar movies, so they'd pick a movie for the week and they'd right. show it at like 7 o'clock and 10 o'clock. The same movie every night for the entire week and then four times Saturday and, and four times Sunday. And I would watch most of them, most of those shows. If there was something <laughs> that you really liked. Right. So I was nine years old and a friend of mine said, uh, I went to school on Tuesday morning because I missed Monday. And he said, Did you see million dollar movie? There's a movie called The Jolson Story. I said, no, what's that? And he says about Al Jolson. He was, he was the great entertainer in the early part of the century, considered the world's greatest entertainer. And there was a movie made about him. 
He starred in the very first talking movie in 1927 called The Jazz Singer, the original. Mm -hmm. But they made a movie about Jolson in 1943 or 4, I don't remember, starring Larry Parks as I Jolson. I loved that movie. And so did I when I was not, I watched it and then I watched it every time it was, so I watched it 13 times that week because I missed Monday, <laughs> or 12 times. So I watched it and, and I became a Jolson fanatic and I went Do you remember that movie, Louise? I do. So I love Joel's and then it was like, I saw, the, I don't know, it had a major profound impact. I bought his albums and I started singing to Jolson and that was the start and then I, then I got enrolled when I was 13 because my parents saw how serious I was about this. Were your parents musical or no, theatrical? No. What did your father do? He was an accountant. Oh God, as far away from show business can but be. He, but he loved movies and he mm. appreciated, but you know, it was tough to, you, you make a living and whatever. Right. My mom loved the big bands and she, was a, she loved to dance to it. So she had a lot of the big band albums because um, she was a teenager during the, that whole the swing era in the 40s. So I also heard a lot of those So you grew up bands. with music in the house. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, and, and then seeing the Jolson story, so then they, they found out about this place in New York that, that catered to a lot of you know, young you know, kids and teenagers who wanted to be in showbiz, singing, dancing. And it was a guy named Charlie Lowe, who was an old vaudevillian that ran a studio with his wife named Kasha. And, and they would teach you singing and tap dancing and acting. And okay, now how old were you when you were a Charlie Lowe kid? I started when I was about 13. Okay, because this is freaky, because then I definitely saw you, because Charlie Lowe's show would come to the hotels. Right, Did but you... I didn't get picked oh, to be okay. in that until I was um, almost 15. Okay, I was still doing it. I was, it was still 1968, going. 1968, I was up there in the Catskill Mountains. Okay, so I was still seeing the Charlie Lowe shows, and I wanted <laughs> so you to be, saw me. I, I did, and yeah. I wanted to be a Charlie Lowe kid, so my yeah. father took me to the audition without any, my parents really didn't want oh, me to do it. they had auditions up and, there. And so, I, no, I went to the city, oh. and I went to the studio, and I just, I, I was, I just froze. I just, <laughs> I was so unprepared. I just stood there, I was like, like a I, deer in the headlights, I was right? totally, I, I like didn't do anything, and I just, I think I'm I think it's time to go home now. But the fact that you are, I I can rem, I, I can remember like all the songs that they wow. sang, and that was yeah, that yeah. impacted me hugely. That Charlie Lowe review. That's so funny. Uh, and then I was in it, and and you might have probably saw, saw me. You? Oh, wow. What was so, your song? Do you remember what your songs were? Yeah, I, I had two songs, and then I was part of the, the ensemble. I did a song called Well, I did uh, on the sunny side of the street which was Dorothy Fields' Jimmy McHugh song. And then I did a song called, that I'd never heard and nobody's probably heard of it, but it was some old, another vaudevillian guy named Harry Richmond had kind of a hit with it. It was called Row, Row, Rolling Along. And I had that one. Oh, and then I did, um, I did a, a, I wanted to do a Jolson song, but somebody already had that spot. So I did an Eddie Cantor song as well. What was that? If You Knew Susie. God! <laughs> This, you are bringing back oh, my whole youth. This is crazy. Okay, so so you're doing Charlie Lowe. You're going to school. Yeah, I'm going to yeah middle uh, junior high and high school, and then um, I after that summer. So uh, did you already? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Did you know already done? This is what I want to do. Yeah. Oh, uh, you were like oh big time. I knew yeah. it when I was nine. Yeah. I, that's when I knew it, but now I'm pursuing it, and then but after that summer. I, I left the whole Charlie Lowe scene. Uh, my dad 
had a talk with me, and uh, he was really smart. And, uh, he, he'd seen me do some acting too, and he said, I think you should all, if, if you want to do this, you know, they weren't encouraging me, but they were at least supportive. You know? That's pretty amazing, the yeah. fact that they would be supportive they would be of support a Jewish boy. <laughs> Well, they saw how much, yeah, and they were like, okay, well, if you really want to do this, you know, as long as it doesn't interfere with going your schoolwork and all that, maybe you should think about getting in a real, a more serious acting class. Wow. So, so I was like, yeah, you know, okay, maybe I should do that. And he was right, and I got into a, a really good class, and through that class, I met a woman who um, was a manager. So the acting teacher recommended me to this manager, uh -huh. and then she started introducing me to agents, and I started going out on auditions. Now, when did that start happening? When I was 16. So you're still in high school? I'm still in high school, yeah. And you're auditioning, and did you get anything? Yeah, I mean, I, they got me on, I, I wound up getting up on a lot of TV commercials, because in New York, they were that was the mecca for doing TV commercials. It's then. unbelievable that you, a Jewish boy, were able to get commercials. Because, like for me and for a lot of people I know, it was like you're too ethnic. But you, you weren't ethnic looking. I, yeah, because I, I you red, had hair red hair, and, and, and yeah, I didn't look. I looked, you know, more like Ron Howard did, you know, or something. Because <laughs> they used to call me Opie when I was a kid. Really? They used to call me Opie, and oh, then that's how bizarre crazy. that was. Then later on, I wind up working with Ron, but um, but so I started going out on. At, um, auditions for commercials, and I started doing really well. I did like forty of them in four years. Okay, so while I was, was in high school and yeah, when making a lot of money while I was going to college in Pennsylvania, and I was I would take a bus from Allen uh, from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where I was going to Lehigh University, and take it was almost a three-hour bus ride, then get on the subway to go on these auditions that would take ten minutes. <laughs> and it was crazy. And then, but luckily I got some of them. Wow. Um, and, and then I was doing a lot of theater in college as well. So I was doing that and then doing the commercials. Little bit of TV work in New York too, besides commercials, small stuff. But so that, now the theater you were doing, were you doing musical theater? Were you doing straight plays? What were you doing? Straight plays in college. We, I don't, we didn't do any musicals there. No, I did, um, the first play was a Shakespeare play, uh, Taming of the Shrew. I had a nice role in that. I was a freshman, so I didn't get the then I, but then I had a big part in a play called The Rivals. I was a, a big lead role in that, which was um, an 18th century play. Um, and then uh, by Sheridan, Robert Sheridan. And then I did The Dumbwaiter by Harold Pinter. Wow, that's and, a... And I love Pinter. Mm -hmm. And then I did um, one or two other plays. Which so you I, do a pretty weighty stuff. Yeah, I mean, I was, and, and I was much more interested in and dramatic roles. Really? Yeah, so, and when I came out to LA, the first couple of parts I got, well, one was a comedy. I did a thing on Room 222. Yeah. But then I did um, uh, Emergency, where I played a guy who became paralyzed in an accident. And then I did Police Story, where I played a mad bomber. You nice. know? So, so, but then, happy days, so. Okay, so how, how, how did, I mean, that's, that's the game changer, the life changer. How, how did that happen? Oh, well, my agent you know, called and said, we have a, there's a pilot, they're auditioning people for a, a new show and they're gonna shoot a pilot. Um, it's about, takes place in the 50s and uh, Gary Marshall was gonna be the, is the, was the creator and exec, exec producer and he had 
the TV show on at the time, The Odd Couple, with Jack Klugman and Tony Randall. One of the greatest TV shows of all time. Yeah, and that was his show. So um, I went through a series of meetings, and then I had to audition for Gary and a whole bunch of people, and then they called me back for a screen test. Did and you have to work with, with Anson? No, no, because what happened, I was auditioning for the role of Patsy, and they, were, they, they weren't seeing anybody for Ralph. Um, that was not even in the picture at the time. So I auditioned for the role of Patsy, but when I was there for the screen test, we saw Ron Howard and Anson Williams. I didn't know Anson, but I obviously knew Ron. Right. And um, For those of you who are young, he was on a show called The Andy Griffith Show, which was the biggest thing ever when we were kids. Yeah, and that's where the Opie thing was. Right. right. The people were calling me Opie when I was young, <laughs> and now here, it was really bizarre. You were with Opie. So, um, so what was Anson doing there if you were... Uh, if well, were, what happened was Anson and Ron had done a pilot of, of the show oh. a year and a half earlier in 1972-ish, uh -huh. and ABC passed on it. They didn't go with it. Then, a year later, American Graffiti comes out about the 50s, and Grease comes out on Broadway. Now the 50s are hot. So the ABC goes, oh, well, maybe we should reconsider that. But then they said to Gary, but you need to shoot a new pilot, and, and Anson and Ron might be too old for it now. And Gary was, no, 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 he wanted them. But he had to prove to the network. So was Anson Patsy in the yes. original? He was. Yeah. Uh huh. But so he, they had to prove. Gary had to prove to the network. So he had to go through this, this process of screen testing all these other so people. So in other and, words, he and didn't Ron, So Ron and Anson had to screen test, even though they had shot a pilot. And, and I gather Gary didn't want you because he wanted Anson, right? Yeah. I mean, he want. Yeah. I mean, he wanted them, but everyone else he was doing it to appease the network. Right. So um, was was Henry Winkler in the in the original pilot? No, there no. was no character. There was no Fonz. There was no Fonzie. Louise in the original. is good friends with Henry Winkler. Oh really? By the way. Well, there was no character of the Fonzie in the original, and there was no character of Ralph in the original. Uh huh. So then um. Well, Marion Ross. Marion and and um, Ron. No, it was a different father. Uh -huh. Harold Harold Gould played the father. Oh wow, that's I love Harold Gould. Huh? That's Rhoda's father. That's probably yeah. that's Rhoda's father. Yeah, well, that's Harold Gould played in the original. Marion. And Ron and Anson were the only ones in the original. Uh-huh. So um, my agent calls me, you know, on a Friday night and says, you didn't get the role of Patsy. Um, and, I, and then he says, but the executives loved your screen test so much, they want to create a role for you. So... How often does that happen? I don't know, but they said there's a small role in the pilot of a guy named Ralph they'll make that bigger. That will become a regular role. But at the time, I was up for a, a TV movie that was a dramatic period piece um, by the guy who wrote The Summer of 42, which oh, I wow. loved. Me too. And, and he wrote another beautiful World War II piece, and it was a two-hour TV movie, potential mm -hmm. pilot. And I had a great audition for that, and they might even said, you've got a really good chance of getting this but they won't know for like a week because they have to see who's gonna play your uncle. And, and so. At this point, was Happy Days again gonna be another pilot? It was just or a pilot. Was, so it wasn't going pilot. to series yet? Well, well okay. no, no, you just. Okay, right. So we said, we talked and we decided to pass on Happy Days because I wanted to do wow. the TV movie, wow. which was a really, not, you know, to me, it was the dramatic thing that I wanted to do. And um, what was the character? He he was the, he was a nephew to the 
Um, it was a family, and, and Four Stars in the Window was the original uh, title because it was a family in Connecticut and they had, they had other family overseas. Mm -hmm. And I was like the younger brother to someone who was overseas and there was my uncle. And they wanted Jack Warden to play the uncle and they thought I looked like a young Jack Warden. So they said, if Jack takes this part, you've got this role. But they're not going to know for a week because Jack was in Europe doing a movie and he was going to be able so to So you answer. turned on Happy Days before right. you even got the pilot? Before you even got the movie, I mean? Yeah, yeah, on the because I knew that I had a good shot at this. Right, way. right. So we decided to pass on Happy Days. So then, wow. So then, so the next day, my agent happens to play basketball every Saturday at Gary Marshall's house. <laughs> Just happens to play yeah. basketball at yeah. Gary Marshall's yeah. house. Yeah. So so <laughs> during like a break in the action, Gary comes over to my agent goes. So what's with your boy turning us down, you know? And and Mark says, well, you know, he tells me the story. Mark Harris was my agent, and he go and Gary says, well, you know, we think this has got a good chance of going on the air as a mid-season replacement. And he, instead of him making X dollars a week, we'll give him more more money. And wow. instead of only seven episodes out of thirteen guaranteed, we'll guarantee ten out of thirteen. So my agent calls me up on Monday and says, yeah, I think we should reconsider. And I go, really? Well, what, and he tells me, and I go, well, what about the movie? You know, and go, well, you know, they have to know by the end of the day today, whether you're doing this. So now at this point, Ron Howard is not big enough to get, but come well, on, American Graffiti yeah. had to make him a very big star. Well, yeah, I mean, he was pretty big then. So that's why they felt this had a really good chance. Well, what I'm thinking, though, too, for you, though, going in, thinking, Ron Howard's a really big star. This this thing's going to get I picked know, but, up, no? Yeah, yeah but at the, like I said, the material. I was more mm. interested in, in drama. And, wow. and um, I, you know, comedy, I felt, yeah, I could do comedy if, if the script's good. And, but that's not what I was really looking to do. And this interested me more. But then, you know, my agent said, I think we should reconsider, and we had a long talk, and um, they said, because if Jack Warden doesn't do this, you still might get it, but you might not, and then, you you know, and this is bird in hand, that whole concept. Right. So we decided to reconsider and take Happy Days. And what happened, did Jack Warden do the other thing? Yes. He did. Was it a good movie? I, I didn't watch it. I didn't want to watch it. And, and, you know, I've never heard of it, so I think you made yeah. the right choice. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'm thinking you, Probably. Made the, thinking you made the right choice. So, okay, so now you get in there. Is Henry Winkler in the pilot? Yes. Yeah, Henry, they, they created this role in this version of this pilot for a character named Arthur Fonzarelli. And, um, Which, by the way, I just want to say, Henry, if you ever see this, the work he is do, doing on Barry... I want is, to see that. I, it, still, I feel it, terrible it I haven't been, seen it. Louise, have you been watching Barry? Yes. I, I, think Hen, I, think it, I think it's Henry's best work ever. I mean, wow. I, I, it's I, I, unbel yeah, I, I, unbelievable. I feel, I'm really you have to watch bad it. that I haven't gotten to see it yet, and I'm going to. I'm going to binge watch he's, it. He's, he's yeah. astounded. Well, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, I saw what he did from the beginning with, with the role of Fonzie. I saw... I saw it evolve. I saw, I mean, so from what the was, beginning. So, okay, so what was we, that? What was that like? Because that's not who he is. No, that's not who he was. And and I was riveted to, to watching what he was doing with this character. We all were. We knew 
that he was doing something really special. So you knew, did you, did you guys right anticipate he was going to break out? I don't know that, I, you know, we weren't thinking in those terms. Right. All we were thinking of is... What an actor. Wow, what he, what, what he was doing with this character was, was really special. And I mean, was it, it was coming really, from him? Was it yeah. Gary? Was it... No, it was it coming was, mainly from him. Wow. It was coming from him. Mm -hmm. And, and it was like, we were, you know, excited to just see it. Was this transformation that you saw from this, you know, person, and then he became this character, and the choices he made for the character were were very smart and were very um, unique, and and it was like, wow, you know, you. Uh, were I, all I, those we just wanted to watch. His? Like, um, well, no, I mean, a lot of it was written, mm -hmm. but it was the way he embodied it, and maybe he might have. Some of them might have been improvised, and I, I should say but, that. But I, now I'm confusing him with with um, with Joey. But didn't he have like the hay? Didn't yeah, the hay and hay the wall. And yeah. and so that might have been him. And maybe they wrote something, and then it kind of he changed it a little. I mean, he he invented a lot. He invented a lot that was you not on the You do things page. like he would they would say in the script, "Comb your hair," but well, well, that look in the no, mirror. No, no. Well, you I'll, tell it, yeah. I'll, that was. Okay, I tell this story when, when I'm doing my show and I talk about Happy Days. There was a scene, it was in the pilot, and we were getting ready to watch, you know, we were all excited about watching everybody. Right. And we were gonna see what Henry was gonna do in this scene. And we see him kind of arguing, sort of an argument with the director in the side, and we're going, I wonder what they're arguing about. Well, I found out later, what happened was, the scene called for Henry the Fonz to go to the mirror in the men's bathroom, his office, whatever, and go <laughs> and go and and do the comb, combing of the hair, you know, the ducktail or whatever. And what happened was Henry said to the director, I can't do that. He goes, What do you mean you can't do it? He goes, I promised myself it's a cliche of this kind of character to comb his hair. I promised myself I would not do that. He goes, Well, what are we gonna do? You know, we got a scene here to shoot where you go and he goes, I don't know, let's see what, yeah, let's see what happens. So we're watching, yeah. we didn't know this argument, but so what happened, so it became, to me it was the birth of the character of Fonzie, because this is the pilot. Yeah. So he goes up, he goes up to the mirror, takes the comb out of his pocket, we've all seen it. He goes like he's gonna comb his hair, and then he looks in the mirror without saying a word, and then he just goes, well, you know, like, whoa, I don't have, it's perfect, I don't have to do anything. Is that the story and, you were going to tell? And he walks out the door, and it became, and we all, like, were like, oh, that, we were going crazy, and, and it was, like, sort of the birth of the character. Wow. Because he was a, he was, he, was, he went to Yale School of Drama, you know, Emerson, and, the, and he was a, tr a trained actor who said, I'm not going to do the cliche, and, and as a result, he came up with something that was so... Wow. It illuminated the character, you know? It was, wow. So, so I'm not surprised that Henry's doing one, because I know what a great actor he mm -hmm. is. And I'm excited, and I can't wait to binge watch Sean Barry. Yeah, I, I, I watched it week to week. Binging's much more fun. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so, and how about the other characters? So, so did you and Anson have an instant rapport? How did that happen? We, we all got along great. Mm -hmm. we, we all got along great. Um, 
Ron was did, did was Ron, was Ron one of the guys? Yeah, because he, he was, was already a star. Yeah, and he was, but he was so down to earth and, mm -hmm. and grounded as a normal person, and that he didn't have airs or attitude. So we became, you know, there was this instant kind of chemistry that happened, and and, and it's lightning in a bottle when that happens, and and it, just everybody, you know, Tom and Marion and and the four of us and, and Aaron, it was it was like, you know, who, it was casting made in heaven, you know, that they- So work was fun? It was so much fun, but we took it really seriously. We worked, we, we weren't like a bunch of people just goofing off. We took it very seriously, worked really hard at it, and we had Jerry Paris as our director, who was a genius, and Gary Marshall as the exact producer. But we, we worked really hard at it to make it look Easy, but we right. did have fun because we we loved the work and we loved working with each other. That's it, it's um, it is lightning in a bottle, and it's something mm. that doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean it happens when it, you know there's a, you can name the shows on maybe two hands. You know that right. in the last ten years or twenty years that have I'm had that. I'm hoping to see who's, who's on with us. So so and you and Anson have remained like best friends. Really great friends. Great. We're closer now than we were. Is that so? Then. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know he lives about twenty minutes from here, and and we we you know we do some speaking engagements together. We've done some other kinds of things together, um, and and just. Stay in touch all the time. Speak regularly. You know, and, you know. Anson's been a kind of a mentor to, yeah, to you, me. Yeah, said and, something um, to me about that. Yeah, we we yeah we we're talking about something right now. We'll see. He's he's amazing. All he's he's an amazing. Oh, he really is. I, I, I never see. He never ceases to amaze me. He's like this energizer bunny and and, and dynamo and 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 his brain is always thinking and always come. Creating and, and you know, entrepreneur, incredible entrepreneur, and and a great talent. That you know, he started. He went into directing, and he's directed a ton of television and great stuff. He just wrote a um, a television. Well, no, he's writing a feature. Film. Well, yeah, well, I think for Lifetime though. He wrote, oh, that he wrote I didn't a period even know about. piece. There's, I don't know if that maybe it's a feature. I no, thought it was it's a feature. It's a feature. It's a feature okay, that yeah. he just he was just telling me about. So yes. really fascinating. Yeah, and you've done directing as well. Yes, I've directed three, three independent films. It, and you've directed things that have won awards. Yeah, you have some of the, at the uh, Newport Beach Film Festival got an outstanding director award, and, and then um, another one film got that was Moolah, mm -hmm. and then the last best Sunday at the Telluride Indie Fest was a feature film award winner. And um, yeah, so I love that too. Is that something you'd like to do more of? Yeah, I've got some projects I'm trying to get going now. Um, one with my wife Morgan, that uh, she started writing and then I came in and worked with her on it a lot. And other people worked with her and, it, and it's really good now. What, so what kind of genre? It's a romantic comedy, but it's nice. a modern day Cinderella story, but in Vegas with poker. Nice. Okay, I like that already. <laughs> Called Pokerella. <laughs> That's really funny because I'm doing one about um, online dating that has a similar title, but oh. um, uh, that I'm writing with oh. uh, my actual online date that failed, and we're writing a movie about oh, cool. online dating like that. That's oh. a modern day kind of oh. that too, but set in, yeah. in LA. Okay. Um, this one's in Vegas. 
So I'm trying to get that going. And then there's another one um, that deals with the whole UFO uh, world, which is based on all true stuff and books that um, my partner and I option. Um, and that's really interesting. And a few others and a few TV projects. So we'll see. And I just... Tell us about the stuff you're doing now. We're going to yeah. go back and talk about what happened after Happy Days, but since we're here, yeah. so you've got you just finished a movie. I you just, were saying, yeah, I just What's had a that? really great role in a film called MBF, Man's Best Man's Best Friend, but it's a, it's a pretty heavy film uh, about a guy, a wounded vet, and um, I play a defense attorney who at once was maybe a hotshot attorney, but kind of fallen down hard times, personal problems, drinking. Oh, the verdict. It's, it's you're like, the verdict? It's kind of like the, a, a guy in the verdict, like oh. Paul Newman's character, uh -huh. and he works for a nonprofit that defends, uh, that provides legal services to wounded vets. So that's what I'm, and I take on, he's, he's falsely accused of some his wounded vet, and he's kind of not right. I mean, he's, he's, he's still there, but, you know, he's been, been hugely affected by what happened to him, physically and, and his brain to some degree. So I'm defending him, um, and, and it's a big case, and it's sort of my redemption too. So uh, That sounds juicy. Yeah, it's a really good role, so I'm really excited about that. And then I'm getting ready to do another movie, in about 10 days I leave, to do a movie called Cult Cartel. And it's about a whole polygamous cult that was, you know, when Warren Jeffs got arrested, and, and all that, all the stuff that was going on there, where it's really, some bad stuff. I play one of the bad guys, you know, with all these wives, but underage wives, and and what was going on. This is all based on the real stories right. of when, what went down. It's Are you even, playing a real person? It's a sort of compilation uh -huh. of several people, and it takes place after Warren Jeffs got arrested, but he was still kind of controlling what was going on from prison. It's really interesting stuff. So, you know, I play. It's a, another. Departure, which I love. So, how do fans react to you when you do this dark stuff? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I've done. I haven't done some too much of that. Where where it's out there, you know. Right. I, I did a film a couple of years ago, a psychological thriller called Follow, mm -hmm. where I played a guy that was kind of creepy, and people were saying, "Wow, you, <laughs> but you're really good at that." <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know. The, that was a compliment or not, but um, so I'm hoping to do more. You know, I just like to play a, a wide variety of roles. How about comedy? Have you done more comedy? A little bit, yeah. I mean, Glee when I had a right. recurring role Fantastic. in Glee, that was with my kids. that was com comedy, and mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I still like and to Family do, Guy. What was the Family Guy thing? Well, about? I just did the voice yeah. of me. They mm -hmm. did a they did a fun uh, sort of take on me changing my name from Donnie to Don. <laughs> so they did this thing, and I just did the voice, but that was very funny. Mm -hmm. um, I've done some other comedic guest starring roles. You did like a lot of Love Boats, like- That was back in that the eight, early like before 80s. or during Happy Days? No, it was after I left. It was after, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, I did like three different uh, epi episodes. One, two two-hour movies and one regular hour show. Uh, one where, we took a cruise, actually cruised to Alaska and shot. Wow. And the other one, we went through the Panama Canal and shot. You mean they really moved that boat? They actually shot on, on the real 
cruises um, usually once or twice a year, and the rest were done in the studio. Uh huh. So, so you, got got your, to, you got your yeah. bulk, the ones that were on. Yeah. That's a nice gig. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I love the Alaska cruise. But yeah, I did you know a lot of other comedic stuff, um, and on stage too. You know. So let's talk about that. So so have you? So talk about the stage work. What have you, all right, wait. So you leave Happy Days, and there was a lot of controversy at the end of Happy Days. Some people left, some people stayed. No, uh, not real. Con I mean, after the seventh season, Ron Howard and I left. Everyone else stayed for the next for the rest of the run, four more years. What made you decide to leave? Well, I'd been doing the same character for seven years, and it was a character that was very unlike me, and yet I was getting so, I could see how I was getting, you know, typecast, associated with it, and I felt it was time to kind of move on, and, um, and I didn't feel the scripts were as good, and, and just a combination of all of that. Um, so, so I left, and then, you know, and I told my agent I, I wanted to try to just do some film and theater and stay away from, I'd been doing TV for seven years. I wanted to sort of try to take a step aside from that. Mm -hmm. But it was very hard back then. It's not like today where people who are doing TV shows do movies and people who are doing movies do TV shows. Right. Back then it was kind of like if you were on a TV show. You couldn't do movies. You couldn't do movies. Right. It was very hard. but. I was 27 and I felt I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna do. But it was like hitting a brick wall. I went, I was with a big agency and I went like six months without an audition. You know, wow. I couldn't even, they wouldn't even let me come in and audition for, for the movies. So um, I did a lot of theater during that period. And then eventually I said, all right, well. So what kind of theater were you doing then? All kinds, I did, I did um, uh, Wait Until Dark where I played the nice. bad guy in that. And um, gosh, I did Barefoot in the Park with Maureen O'Sullivan playing wow. my, my mother-in-law. I did um, what a, so many, The Owl and the Pussycat. I did um, uh, Bus Stop, um, all kinds of. No musical I, theater? I, then I did do musical okay. theater. I did, um, went on tour with Dick Van Dyke um, in Damn Yankees. Oh, I got to my. play Joe Hardy, the, you know, the baseball guy. Um, wow. And Vicki Frederick was in that. And Kent, and, um, Ken Wall, who went on to do uh, Fat Swaller and mm -hmm. Aimless Behaving, and um, Vicki Frederick went on to do Chorus Line. And then I did um, um, I did another musical called I Love My Wife. I, I saw I Love My Wife on Broadway when it first opened. Oh, did you? I love that show. It's a fun show. It's a great show. Yeah, I did that up in Canada. I wonder why they haven't brought that back around. That's yeah, a really good show. Yeah, it was a show. fun show, four yeah. people. Mm -hmm. And um, lots of other, I can't even think of all the plays. And then I went on tour, the Broadway tour of Greece, where I Who played Vince Fontaine. Uh -huh. But in this, it was more than just the prom scene. He, he was in the first um, part of the show, and I did a whole half hour when the audience is entering the theater. My character's on stage spinning records and doing dance contests wow. and sing-alongs like this. How the, fun. Just by yourself. So it was a whole different kind of thing. And plus people knew who you were. Right. So that brings like a whole different level of fun to it for the, for the audience. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, the 50s thing made sense. So um, I did that. I did six months on the Broadway tour. And, um, and I did another show called uh, Strike Up the Band. It was mm -hmm. the West Coast premiere. Uh, it was the old, um, it was a revival of the old uh, Gershwin uh, play. 
I did that um, at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. And nice. So, you know, I did a lot of theater, um, but then I said to my agent, okay, you know, I'll do, you know, let's start doing TV again, because it was hard to break into film back then. So then I started doing a lot of guest roles on television, and, and then started getting some independent films, and, so and, once so, you started and, then, and then Ron cast me in his movie at TV with Matthew McConaughey and Great Woody Harrelson. I had a nice part. Most of my scenes were with Rob Reiner. Um, so that was great to work with Ron in that capacity. Absolutely. That was like, wow. So what, what, was, what was that like? So now you have this very different relationship with him. So was it odd at first? What? It wasn't really odd. I mean, we were so, we were really tight. Were you still close? Um, not as close as when we were doing the show. Right. Because it was impossible. But we were still, you know, still good friends, and and so I was excited when he called me and said, "I want you to play this part." Um, I had just finished directing my first film, and we were in editing. And then he calls me, and it was like, "Oh my God, I'd love to, you know, uh, work with you, Ron." Of course, so it was a thrill, and hopefully he'll call me again. <laughs> that would be good. Another, another one, but um, you know, I. Did a, I've done a lot of other independent films um, in the last uh, 10 years. And, so and do you think that that helped start that? Like, because you said you were doing a lot of TV then, then Ron called you for the film. Did that, what segued you it back into, into film? I don't know, you know, I think it's, the industry started changing too. Mm, and people could cross over. And, well, a lot more independent films were being made mm. and, and so there were more opportunities and and then maybe the 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 perception starts to, started to change, you know, with the time, with time, you know, time and distance from happy days, and people. Obviously, I'm older now. I'm not a teenager and high school kid. So, so, and that's why I think, uh, you know, one and one thing leads to the next. And this film that I just did, where I played the defense attorney, you know, maybe that led to me getting this part uh, coming up. And, um, you know, it, it's a process. I, I just feel there's a, the best is yet to come. I love that. Yeah, I really uh, do. Do you sing that song? Um, I haven't done that one I yet. I think you should. I might have I to. I, I can hear you singing that one. I might have to. So, so okay, so, you, so you're, so you, singing was always a passion, so you're, you're yeah. exploring that. Have you written at all? You've written with... Morgan, you said. Yeah, but not music, but yeah. No, I've but been I mean, writing. Yeah, we've been writing. I worked on Mula uh, on the writing of that script, mm -hmm. and um, on these projects that I'm doing with Morgan, uh, Pocarella, and then the, uh, the TV series that we're adapting from a blog she was writing called My Life with Parkinson's. But she was writing it with a very unique, humorous, her wow. her humorous take on all these things that would, oh, I'm sorry. That would happen to her. And because of the Parkinson's, but she saw the humor in it, and the wait a minute, can you give us an example yeah. of something? No, I don't. I don't like uh, it's out hard. of context. Not good. It's, it's okay. hard. It's, but you have to read. Oh, I don't know if she took her blog down. She might have taken it down since we started adapting it. Uh huh. But it's it's really turned into. I think it's it's great. It's really great. And um, right now, uh, so right now it's called Inside Marnie. Um, and we have some producers that are loving it and, and they're going to start shopping it soon because we've been doing some rewrites based on their notes and they're going to start shopping it. But I think it, it's, it's a really uh, 
uh, it's a great piece because it's it's taking something that's based on stuff that we know. It's all real to well, us. Is it a pilot? What is it? Well, you know, I mean, we've written through, we've written a pilot. We've mm -hmm. written two other episodes, and mm -hmm. and we're thinking about where the story arc of the storyline will be uh, for the first season. So we've got that kind of. So is out. the first place you go? Net I mean, I'm I'm thinking the first place is Netflix for anything. At this yeah, time. I mean, I would love to. We'd love uh, to bring it to Netflix, mm -hmm. and uh, we're waiting. We're just getting the final touches on the presentation and and um, and, and, and the sizzle reel. But hopefully, we can get into Netflix and and you know, and then all the other usual suspects. That really isn't something that's been handled till now, has it? You know, Michael J. Fox had a show about it, but. Um, this is very, very different than mm -hmm. that. It's just so different that it's, it's you can't even compare. So, I, I never saw, I didn't see that show that he did that um, I, he... We watched a little bit of it, but mm -hmm. um, not too much. I, I couldn't really even assess it, mm -hmm. so it's not fair for me to say. But I just know that this is a very different approach. Mm -hmm. And and there's a lot of things about this that I can't say right. that make it unique. Because mm -hmm. um, it's really coming from a, a very a very special perspective and nice. yeah it's it's really cool so we'll see what happens with that but the singing what happened was you know since that was my first love mm -hmm. and about five years ago um, and the music that I love were all the great jazz standards and um, and that wasn't really popular in the 70s 60s no, not and at 70s all. And Tony Bennett like had a no career for, for a while for a while oh, yeah. but when when did Tony come well, he did that on TV, Unplugged. Yeah, when, did, when was that? In the 90s? That was in the 80s. Oh, it was in the 80s, 80s right? and, and then, okay. you know, then Harry Connick um, right. started really making, uh, uh, you know, appearing with... Uh, Harry Met Sally, he did the song, It Had to Be You. Right. And um, then he, it broke him out, and he started doing it. And then Diana Krall, you know, who I love, was doing it. Fantastic, And, yeah. and then a lot of people... And Natalie Cole, right. who was... I love so you know and, and then now of course Buble mm -hmm. and Rod Stewart has done five albums of right, standards right. so all of a sudden I said wait a minute this music which I've loved since I was when it was not in favor and I said if I'm ever gonna do it now's the time to do it so I put together a show and and you know I didn't know what was gonna happen but the, my first show was at a club in Studio City LA called Vitello's and oh, that's a great club. Yeah, it's a really great club, and the reaction was fabulous. So people, so I said, okay, I'm going to keep doing it. And then I did uh, 54 Below in New York, like four or five times, nice. and Catalina's Jazz Club out here. And then I started getting jobs. So how many pieces do you use when you do a club like that? How many? Well, it, it varies. Uh, usually, the more common one is like seven to eight pieces. That's a lot. But sometimes at Catalina's, I've done it with set, the full 17 piece. And and at wow. uh, and down at the uh, Cicada Club downtown LA, we did it with seventeen piece, wow. and I just did that in Orlando with seventeen, and that's my favorite. Wow. So, uh, but it's hard, you know, can't always. Support that's a lot that. of a lot of people gotta get paid when yeah. you're doing that. And but in the right venue, it, it's great. It's wow. great. So hopefully we'll be doing more of that, and um, and and more acting and 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 directing. So. Um, Trying to juggle, keep them all but the balls going. It's real, but that's kind of what you have to do. Yeah. Right. Because if you if you focus, although 
on the one hand, if you focus on one thing, I don't know, but I, I think you're doing the right I, thing. I, I, it depends on the individual, mm -hmm. you know, and for me, I love, I love the acting and the singing and the directing, so why not try to do all three? So are there more directing things in the store? I can't remember what you said about that. Well, hopefully, you know, mm -hmm. hopefully uh, the projects that I was talking about will will get them So this going. stuff that you're shopping, are you shopping yourself as the director as well? Yes, mm -hmm. yes, uh, except on, uh, on some of them, mm -hmm. maybe not all of the projects, but, uh, but the majority of them. All right, I'm loving this. So I want to go to the, I was going to say go to the videotape. You're getting a lot of love right now when you said oh. that. Look at all that love that's going up as soon as you said that. Oh. So, um, so Anthony Coppola is with us and he is, oh. yes. Oh and yeah, I've, we've, we've talked on Facebook. On Facebook. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to, hi yeah. Anthony. And so I'm trying to see if people have asked you questions. And please say hello to Willie Ames because I promised that you would. Oh, hey Willie, <laughs> been a long time. I and hope uh, we get to work together again. So Ken and Daryl and Tammy, Norm, Norm is on. I think you played softball with um, Norm Jakobovitz. Oh. I think he was on the Happy Days team. I think oh. he was on the team with you guys. Well, it might have been a different team. The oh. name sounds familiar. Yeah, but I think he yeah. played with you guys. I okay. seem to recall that unless I'm making yeah, it up. Yeah, but there was a lot of softball. And Shelly Cole, Michael Cole. Michael Cole did um, Women Who Write uh, last week oh. from the Mod Squad. Remember, yeah, Michael sure. and his wife Shelly is a doll. And oh. I see Shelly's watching. Hi, Shelly. I love you. Oh, cool. So I'm trying to see. Happy Days was awesome. It, um, I'm Donnie's old, I'm, I'm, I'm oldest friend, Dixie. Wait a minute. Oh, Dixie? Dixie. He oh, is God. the sweetest guy in the world. Dixie. That's my, he is my oldest friend. We grew up in the same apartment building. What? He was in the apartment next to Wait, Rick. Dixie is a guy? Howie Dixon. Oh, wow. Howie Dixon. So, Dixie. Howie, you had a Howie, too. And, I and had we're a still Howie. like, yeah, I mean, we're great, great, great friends. I yeah. love that. The shark jump. Now, jumping, forget the jump. And Mork for Mork came from uh, Happy Days. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was what launched um, Robin. Yeah, that was this. Well, so, what was that off. like for you guys when, like, when Bob Williams showed up? Well, we nobody knew who he was. Right. But when we saw what he was doing with the character, we were like, "Oh my God, who is this guy? <laughs> what planet did he come from?" I mean, he was like Literally. from another, another. His brain was working on some other frequency. You know, <laughs> it was totally. What What amazing. was he like as a person back then? I didn't really get to know him because uh -huh. I didn't. How many did he do? He did a few episodes, didn't he? Well, he did. After that episode he did, within a week they were spinning his show. Wow. Within a week. Wow. And then he, I think he came back and did, to help launch his show, they right. had him do like another uh, episode. Right, because I seem to recall he was, hi Nikki, Tammy, Robert, Ken, okay. Um, um, okay, so we have a little treat going out. So is there anything, so what else are we plug? So, Demost, woof. Oh yeah. Demost. You most mostly swinging. Mostly swinging. It's on Amazon. It's on iTunes. Yeah, Summit Summit Records is the label. Summit Records. He's uh, Donnie's coming up. Don is coming up at the Catalina Club on July 29th. What day of the week is that? A Sunday night. On a Sunday night for We Spark. We Spark. For a great cause. Great it's going to be a whole jazz show. That a whole, night. Yeah. Sandra Booker and her band are the main is the main group, and I'm going to be a guest, do three or four songs. They have. I just heard that they have. Uh, I think her name's Gina Eckstein, the daughter of Billy Eckstein. Oh my father, so, Billy Eckstein. Oh my God, I, so I'm looking forward to hearing her. And um, it, it'll be, it, it, Catalina's is a great venue. It should be a, a, a lot of fun. I would say come on down if you're anywhere in the LA area. 
And then the movie that you just wrapped, what are we looking for there? What's it called? Uh, MBF, Man's Best Friend. Man's Best Friend, MBF. And is that an independent feature? Yeah, independent. It's going to be coming out in theaters, though, um, in the spring of 2019. Excellent. Well, we'll be looking yeah. forward to it. And in the meantime, um, Donnie's going to take us out with something that's probably <laughs> going to make me cry because it's a song that my father used to sing. Do you want track three, Donnie? Yeah, track, yeah, track three. Do you know how to... Do you, do you need me to go back? There it is. You know, make this one a little louder. This one needs to be louder. And we'll do a little bit of it, right? Blue sky smiling at me. Nothing but blue skies do I see. Blue birds sing a song. Nothing but blue birds all day. I never saw the sun shining so bright, never saw things going so right, noticing the days hurrying by, when you're in love, my, my, how they fly, new days, all of them gone, nothing but blue skies from now I have a great, great time. I love you. Right. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week with AJ Benza and then following that with Jimmy Brogan. And we'll see you uh, next week on The Road Taken. Mm -hmm.